Welcome back to Dafa Shavua as we make our way through the third parak of our wonderful Masechta of Shas Katan of Masechas Ksubos, and we continue to drive through the parak of Elunaros, this third parak of Masechas Ksubos, as we uh, embark on the end of our uh, the end of our parak with two more blot until uh, we reach the conclusion uh, of the parak on Daf Mem Aleph Amadez. So we have a Gemara that goes. Uh, back to the conversation that we concluded with last week about Yesh Beger Bakever, Oain Beger Bakever. And what happens when uh, a woman who is uh, in this uh, in this state of deserving of a particular fine, uh, what happens when she uh, matures as, you know, after she uh, unfortunately uh, would pass away. And uh, the Gemara goes on to describe this machlokas of Yesh Beger Bakever, Oain Beger Bakever. And then our Gemara goes uh, and describes some of the differences between uh, an ones and a mefate, somebody who is a, uh, a rapist and somebody who goes and uh, seduces uh, somebody else. So our Gemara teaches that if a particular individual, if a man was ma'anis um, or mefate, a nara, so this uh, this girl was a, a younger girl, and by the time the Bezdin concluded the uh, the Din Torah, so like we said, her status changes from a, uh, from a nara. So what type of status change are we describing over here and what are the ramifications of that particular status change so there are quite a few cases that our mishnah that our gemara presents over here let's say she becomes a bogaris right so she goes from a status of being a nara to a bogaris so the knas is going to be paid to her if that is what takes place if she becomes a nesua she goes and she has uh, the uh, the first stage of uh, marriage. So again, the knas is going to be paid. The fine is going to be paid to her if she becomes in arusa. So Abaye comes along and says the knas is paid to her father because she hasn't fully left the rishus of her father, which is uh, basically a similar concept to uh, the concept of a arusa who goes ahead and who takes a vow. She takes a nether for herself and uh, the relationship that she has with her father uh, is going to uh, determine whether or not the father can uh, annul that vow in that particular case. So the Gemara then uh, the Gemara then uh, goes on and uh, and uh, ultimately the Gemara concludes over here that when we have this conversation of Yish Beger Bekever, Oain Beger Bekever, uh, we have a teku over here. We have a conclusion of the Gemara we don't know, and uh, we don't know whether or not she is uh, considered to be a bogeres in this particular situation, uh, and uh, whether or not the knas is going to go to her or is going to go to her father, and that is the way that uh, that the Gemara concludes on the uh, on the top of Daf. Lamid uh, on the top of Daf Lamid test. In the middle of that conversation, the Gemara presents us with a halachic conversation, which um, is generally referred to as the conversation of Shalosh Nashim Mishtamshos Bamuch. So let's say we have a woman who dies while she's in Ara. So the Gemara wants to know could she have uh, conceived? and given birth prior to her death. She was a young child, she was a young girl, and could uh, this uh, anatomically and scientifically uh, have happened, especially because of this discussion that the Gemara has of Shalosh Nashim, Shtamshim Bamoch, that basically there are three uh, women that are permitted, based on this Gemara, 
that word is definitely used uh, loosely, to go ahead and to have uh, bia with a moch. A moch is what's referred to as a um, some sort of cloth that a woman uh, is going to insert before having bia with her husband. And uh, basically, we have these three women that our Gemara describes to us that are a katana, a young girl, a meuberes, a pregnant woman, uminika, a woman who is uh, a woman who is uh, who is nursing. And many of the commentators wonder when we have this concept of shalosh nashim mishtam shos pamoch. What uh, does that word mishtam shos mean? Does it mean that they are obligated to go ahead and they are obligated to use a moch? Does it mean that they should, that they must, that they could? And uh, basically, uh, the Gemara goes on to describe the fact that uh, that this kitana whether or not she would have been using a moch or not, would have determined whether or not she would have uh, she would have gotten pregnant. And this leads to another conversation that we have over here, a relatively often conversation that uh, the Gemara presents in a few different places. The conversation that's referred to as the conversation called Shomer Psaim Hashem. And Shomer Psaim Hashem basically means that Hashem watches out for people who uh, do things that are within the normal level of risk-taking. So the situation that we have over here... Um, uh, if uh, a woman is, uh, you know, shouldn't get pregnant and shouldn't uh, go through this process, and she does, so God is going to watch out for her, and God is going to uh, make sure that nothing bad is going to happen to her. And we have this concept of Shomer Psam Hashem that Hashem is going to protect those who are uh, those who are, uh, you know, doing and 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 going through life even uh, when they take some level of risks. For instance, let's say a person goes uh, and gets into a car. So a person who drives a car, they're obviously uh, living life, uh, you know, with, uh, with some sorts of risks that are being taken. But these are risks that are normal for people to take. A person goes on an airplane. So that's a normal level risk that a person, uh, that a person has. Person crosses a street, so um, uh, once again, a normal level of risk that a person goes ahead and that a person takes, and uh, this leads to quite a few discussions that we have in the poskim with regards to the parameters of this concept of shomer psam Hashem that Hashem is going to uh, uh, protect those who uh, watch out for themselves, and this is actually a discussion that we have with regards to halachically uh, and halachalamaisa. When it comes to smoking, it's a conversation that Rav Moshe Feinstein had uh, throughout his life, and as uh, Rav Moshe's chuvas kept on developing, so as scientific evidence was becoming more and more apparent that smoking is dangerous and smoking causes uh, all sorts of uh, challenges and all sorts of physical harm to a person's body. So when Rav Moshe wrote his first chuvas uh, in the uh, the 1940s and the early 1950s, so Rav Moshe was much more mekel about a lot of these issues. And as time went on and as evidence became uh, apparent, so Rav Moshe became much more, uh, much more, uh, you know, I don't want to use the word machmir, but definitely much more, uh, hesitant to allow people to smoke, and in your day, Achilat Beis, so Rav Moshe has a tshuva in 1964. That Moshe says that there is a chashash, there's a suspicion that smoking could be dangerous. That a baal nefesh should definitely go ahead and should be uh, and should be machmir. And we have a lot of different uh, discussions over here. Certainly in the uh, context of, uh, of of birth control of people going ahead and uh, doing things that are uh, normal, that God is going to watch out and God is going to make all of these uh, all of these uh, people and protect all of these people in the uh, in the situations in which they find themselves if they are um, 
if they are uh, protecting themselves to the level that they should, uh, to the level that they should protect themselves. So that is uh, as our Gemara goes on and as our Gemara makes its way through the middle of Daf Lametesam and Aleph in this discussion of Shomer Psalm Hashem and uh, what it means with regards to this young child uh, being uh, unfortunately impregnated uh, in uh, in this situation, Rachmana Litzlan, and uh, what would happen should she uh, should she get pregnant? Could she get pregnant? Etc. 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 So that leads us to the Mishnah in the middle of Daf Lametes. Amud Aleph, and the Mishnah teaches us all of the different payments that a Ma'anis and a Mafate are going to have to pay to uh, to uh, the uh, to the person, the woman who was raped, and to the woman who was uh, to who was seduced. So the Mishnah says that a Mafate nosin shlosh Ones arba'a, that the mafata pays for three things and the ma'anes pays for four things. So what are uh, these things? So the Mishnah tells us that the mafata pays for the embarrassment that's caused to this woman. People know that this woman had a relationship with this man. Her loss of value, she used to be worth uh, X amount of dollars on the market as a basula, and now she's worth uh, X minus uh, whatever her uh, her uh, current value is going to be. And then the knas and the um, the uh, the person who's ma'anis has to go ahead, and a person who's ma'anis somebody has to pay for the tsar as well, has to pay for the pain that was incurred as a result of the uh, the onus, as a result of the uh, as a result of the rape. So the question then becomes: What are some of the uh, again unfortunate? Uh, distinctions between the ones and the manis and the mafate. So the mafate, once again, when we talk about halakhically what they're obligated to do, the mafate has a choice whether or not to marry the woman who uh, he uh, had this relationship with, and the manis doesn't. He must go ahead and he must um, marry her. And uh, unless we have uh, a situation that this woman wouldn't be able to enter into Klal Yisrael, for instance, we find that she was um, she was. Um, uh, you know, uh, um, or she was nimtzaba uh, davar erva. So then, uh, he's not going to be allowed to uh, to uh, to keep her as his wife. Shenamar, because the Mishnah tells us, based on the pasuk that uh, that appears in the end of Sefer Devarim velo isha. So it has to be isha haruuyalo. So if this woman could become his wife, so then uh, he would have to uh, he would have to take her and he would have to uh, marry her. But as the Gemara is going to go on, the Gemara is going to tell us what would happen, uh, and we'll get to this uh, as we conclude. But the Gemara is going to go. On to tell us what happens if she wants to leave this relationship, which, as we uh, could imagine, is probably something that uh, a woman who finds herself in such a situation would probably want to get out as soon as possible. But uh, that is the situation that our uh, that our Mishnah presents us with. And the first question the Gemara asks is the question of Tsar Demai. What is the pain that uh, that uh, that this Ma'anis that this rapist is going to be um, going to be uh, is going to be charged for. Now, certainly, when you go ahead and you uh, have this, what's referred to as this birishona, and you go ahead and you uh, you uh, sever the um, the uh, the tissue uh, as a result of the birishona. So, certainly, that is uh, painful, obviously. But Tosos presents over here that there is an element of. Uh, of Hanas uh, Atzmo, that the woman perhaps does get some sort of Hana for herself. And therefore, uh, so if there is Hana over here, it's not all Tsar. It's not all pain. So the Gemara wants to know, Tsar Demai, what is the nature of this pain that... Um, that uh, that is taking place? And if it's really just what's called uh, Gram Tsar, it's 
tsar is caused as a result of this bia, so then uh, you might not necessarily be obligated for the pain that took place uh, at that point in time. And this is uh, what Tosos presents over here. This is uh, the conversation that the Gemara goes on to try to identify what is the actual pain that the violator is going to have to go ahead and is going to have to pay this uh, pay this fine for. It happens to be that there's a fascinating tshuva by the Chashuke Chemed, who we've quoted throughout our uh, journey through Meseches Ksubos, the Chashuke Chemed, uh, in his uh, fascinating style, presents the following tshuva. And in his sefer uh, on uh, page Reish Ayin Vav, 200 and, uh, 276. So he has the following situation. And he says, So, Rav Zilberstein presents the following case, and he asks the question of a hospital attendant is wheeling a uh, patient out of surgery. That patient is still uh, under anesthesia. They can't feel any pain. And as a result of uh, some mishap on the wheeling through the hospital, so they uh, hit a wall or they bump into something, and uh, there is a level of pain that's inflicted on the patient. Now, the patient at that point in time can't uh, feel any uh, tsar, they can't feel any pain because once again, they're under anesthesia. So when they wake up, you know, uh, an hour or two hours, etc. later, so what's going to happen is, is that they're going to realize that they're in pain at that point in time. And the question there, Zilberstein asks, based on uh, this Gemara and Daf Lamates is, who is going to be, is this uh, this uh, wheeler, this hospital attendant going to be chayav in such a, uh, in such a situation? And uh, that is the fascinating Shiloh over here of Yitzchak Zilberstein in the Chashuk Yechemed. And as the Gemara goes on, the Gemara presents a machlokas uh, between the Chachamim and Rav Yosef Barab Yehuda. Let's say the wife of the Ma'anis requests a divorce. She was raped and uh, she doesn't want to fulfill the Losi Alisha. She wants nothing to do with this guy. She doesn't want to stay with him. She wants to run. She wants to flee. She wants to get as far away from him uh, as, uh, as possible. So, the Chachamim come along and the Chachamim use the uh, terminology of Ein La Alav Klum. That according to the Chachamim, the reason that a Ksuba uh, is, uh, is, uh, is given is, um, is because we want to make sure that she can't just divorce him, you know, and, and she, he can't just divorce her just like, uh, just like that. And according to Rabbi Yossi Bar Rabbi Yehuda, Yeshla Ksuba Mina. So according to Rabbi Yossi Bar Rabbi Yehuda, the, uh, in order to, uh, 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 go ahead and sever this marriage, so she should still be entitled to, uh, to this Ksuba should she decide that she, uh, should she decide that uh, that she doesn't want to, uh, that she doesn't want to stay in this relationship, and that's the machlokas that we have over here. Does the uh, woman receive the ksuba after she is uh, nanas, after she is raped? And again, if she has to get married to this guy, so uh, whether or not she receives the ksuba is going to be dependent on the uh, the role that the ksuba plays and what. Uh, importance the Ksuba has. And uh, as our Gemara goes on, our Gemara continues to, uh, to discuss many of these, uh, many of these situations as to, uh, as to how it is that the, uh, that the Ones and the Mafata uh, are going to be different. Again, most notably that this person who is Ma'anis, the person who goes ahead and a person who rapes uh, somebody else, he has to take this woman as, uh, as his, uh, as his wife. And uh, ultimately, uh, that is the machlokas that we have over here between uh, Rabbi Yossi Barabi Huda and the Chachamim. Uh, 
uh, of whether or not Kishetetzehi, when she wants to leave, is she entitled to the Ksuba. So as we make our way through Daf Lamites and uh, we uh, end up on the end of the Perak of Elunaros, we have all of these conversations, the distinctions between the Ones and the Mafate. That's the uh, the Mishnah, Yesh Beger Bekever, Ein Beger Bekever, whether or not, and what happens as the uh, woman grows up and as she uh, develops and what she's going to be entitled to and what the father's going to be entitled to, uh, and all of these conversations that uh, you know should never happen in a uh, normal functioning society that the, uh, the Gemara presents to us. And uh, again, Torah is there for us to learn and Torah is there for us to analyze and understand and gives us insight into many of these uh, relationships that we have that the Gemara tells us about. And that is Mesechus Ksubos, Daf Lamites.